We wish to acknowledge the traditional caretakers of the land we record this podcast on, the Yuggera people and their continued connection to the land and waterways of Yuggera country. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Hello and welcome to The Sports Social, bringing you sports chats for everyone. Hello, Libby. Hello, Georgie. Can I tell you the most bizarre comment that I heard on the weekend? Please. was from our mother-in-law who she was working out what time she could come over and visit us on the weekend and she decided that one time wasn't appropriate because she needed to get back in time to watch the boxing. What? At which point Ben and I nearly fell off our chairs. She's 75. And she's like, I've got to be back for the boxing. And we just looked at each other and went, sorry, how long have you watched the boxing for? Oh, I'm very into the boxing. I love watching the boxing. Since when? (laughs) This is brand new information. We've been in their family for two decades. A long time and neither, (laughs) no one knew that there was this sports passion. This frail 75-year-old. She's into it. Good on you, Sam. And Tim Zhu, yeah. Costa Zhu's son, did win his match. So she would have been stoked. She would have been very excited. Wow. Well done. There you go. <laughs> That's hilarious. I am full of stories, so I'm also going to tell you this. Please. I went to netball coach training on the weekend. I am so excited to hear about how you went because you've been kind of... I've been reluctant... To get into this role. Only because weekends are busy... Trying to ferry three children around to different sports on a Saturday morning is chaotic at best. And when Kim mentioned that she'd nominated me to be a coach, I just got a little bit worried that I was <laughs> that I was going to be overcommitted. Mm. And I also because the answer would have been no from me. <laughs> I, well, and my I answer, have no idea about netball. <laughs> and my answer would have been, "Oh, I'll think about it." Where in in my head it would have been, "No, say no, just say no." And then you can move on. And Kim said, oh, I've put you forward. And I said, oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was nice of you. (laughs) Anyway, when we got told we had three hours of coach training on a Saturday morning, I did think quite arrogantly, do I really need to go and do three hours of coach training? (laughs) You're like, I'm too good for this. I don't need that. Well, also, it's for eight-year-olds, so... How much do I need to learn? And I have coached before, admittedly, in a completely different sport. Yeah, softball. Transferable skills, hand-eye coordination. I figured I could sort of, you know. Wing it. Get my way through it. And then I went to three hours of coach training and realised just how little I know. But also how much fun you can have learning and playing around like you're an eight-year-old. That's awesome. These are good times. Then I wonder they're having so much fun. And plus it was with a, an icon of, of netball royalty, right, Vicky Wilson? Who so many people, we popped it up on our socials and so many people wrote and said, my earliest memories of netball involve Vicky Wilson. Mm. Like they're, they're combined. Yeah. Which I just thought was beautiful. And she is a scream. She's so dry and so direct and there were, there were times when we were doing, she was showing us how to do a drill and she would stop herself and say, well, that's just ridiculous. I've now lost the eight-year-olds. No eight-year-old is still listening at this point. <laughs> this is so boring. Or she'd say, don't talk to them like that. They don't understand the words. It was really good practical coaching. And it made me realise that it is so important to invest in 
volunteer coaches because if you're not getting the messages and the 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 communication right to that age group you're really creating issues further down the track i actually had no idea that they trained volunteer coaches yes and more no idea. more and more so it's really that, important but that makes so much sense to me yeah, it does but i just think it's awesome the fact that they're actually taking the time to do that and parents and you know loved ones are taking that on I think it's awesome. It was really fun. It was well worth it. And I will attend all training sessions for coaches in future. So I assume Poppy will be making the Firebird soon then. <laughs> I mean, that, I, love, right? I love your confidence in my skills and also in her skills. Also her skills. But I can't, she's tall. Prom- I can't promise anything. <laughs> she's tall, so I just assume she'll be good at netball, right? Not, not everyone plays sport to become an elite athlete. Hello, I'm uh, Joe Tilbrook here on the Gold Coast and I love sport because it gives me a boundary to push myself and to really focus on uh, what I can achieve. Lib? Yes? I think there was swimming over the weekend. Georgie. (laughs) Okay, just talk at me. Tell me. Was there swimming? Was there? Yes. Okay, okay. Georgie. Chill out. So, I mean, it would have been a blip in most people's minds, to be fair. Like mine. Like yours. Because there 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 was state titles, so the New South Wales State Open was on down in Sydney. And the I want to say the Brisbane Metropolitans. Brisbane okay. Metros. Which is not they're not big events. They're pretty much training events. All of the athletes like to do it just to get some race experience while under heavy training loads. The most amazing thing happened. Well, there's two really exciting things. We'll talk first about Kate Campbell. So Kate Campbell's on her road to uh, Paris 2024. So she's had a bit of time out of the water. She had her first race since Tokyo. She went 53.5, which is a fairly decent crack in 100 metres freestyle. Um, So she's looking good. She's looking like she could go to a fifth Olympics, which is amazing. Just absolutely unheard of. So she would be the first swimmer to do that because Natalie Cook did that for volleyball. But, yeah, would be a remarkable achievement. Now, the really unbelievable performance that was over the weekend was Kaylee McEwen. So I don't know if – do you remember who Kaylee McEwen Mm -hmm. is? Which Mm -hmm. one is she? She has glasses. (laughs) She does have glasses. She does backstroke. She does backstroke. So she won – sorry, that's – I've been with kids all day. That sounded really condescending. (laughs) No, she but does also backstroke. <laughs> Job, Georgie. Thank you. Um, yes, no. She she won the hundred and two hundred backstroke at Tokyo. Mm-hmm. She may be remembered for doing the chuckers and saying "f yeah." Okay, <laughs> okay. Her she was excited. <laughs> yes, just one of my iconic moments of of an Olympics. I love I love nothing more than an interview with someone who's one really excited about their performance and two not necessarily. That hasn't been saturated in media training. Love it. She's just the best. Anyway, so she, off the back of doing a 70K week last week in training, so heavy, heavy training load at the moment. I'm just thinking about what that actually means because if I ran 70Ks in a week, that's that's a lot of running. But you're talking about swimming. Yeah. Can't. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of swimming. She went a world record. In the 200 metres backstroke, she went 0.2 faster than the old 
mark, 203.12. They had um, a snippet of it on Twitter that I, I got to watch and she just looked like magic. Like she was so far ahead of everyone because it was New South Wales states. But, yeah, just simply unbelievable. And I just think it's so exciting to see what what's to come in the next sort of 12 months because Paris is next year. I know. I think because we had COVID and then Tokyo got pushed, I feel like we've still got a bit of time before another Olympics. But nope. when do we start doing Olympic trials? So Olympic trials won't be until next year. But They're, early? I mean, for other sports potentially, there's all different ways of getting selected for an Olympic team, but usually it's within the year of the Olympics. But for swimming, they've now changed the trials to be usually six weeks out from the major competition. Which is like the American model because that used to be a thing with our team. They would trial really early and that would muck up training and tapering and training again and tapering or make it more tricky to organise. Oh, for the nuffies, I was fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Mostly. She's not. She's not. <laughs> Hi, I'm Yelena Dokic, and what I love about sport is being able to get involved, get that physical activity, uh, makes you feel good about yourself, uh, really good for your mental health as well, and really good to be able to get out there, um, connect with other people as well. And uh, sport is something that no matter what sport it is, you can play for life. Last week in the NRL, Latrell Mitchell once again received comments from spectators that appear to be racially motivated. Mm. So once again, we have an issue in NRL. It's, I mean, it's round two. There was an article in the Sydney Morning Herald over the weekend that spoke about the fact that while the NRL and other major peak bodies of sport have signed up to, I guess, a guideline or a code of conduct around racism in sporting fixtures and how to get rid of it. Only one NRL club so far has signed up to that guideline. Do we know why that might be the case? No. I'm hoping to speak to some people throughout the week as to why. There are some clubs that are looking to implement that guideline at the moment, so they're going through the process, but it's not clear which of those clubs that is. It's just, I, I mean, f- for me, you know, and obviously we're two white women talking about racially charged situations, which is just I, like in my mind is just so abhorrent. Like how are we still doing this in 2023? Like why is that still something that is amongst these so-called fans? And like these are adults. Well, so th- unfortunately the comment was made by a teenager. Oh, my goodness. Interestingly, his father immediately said that is not acceptable. Right. Apparently this is the reports that we're able to read in the paper. But it is similar to what happened with Adam Goods, the face of racism in Australia is sometimes children. Well, and where teenagers. are they getting that though? And, and they're hearing it. Yeah. From other, they're being influenced from other places. Whether it be from social media or from their parents themselves. Yes, yes. The head of the Human Rights Commission in Australia has said that these guidelines have in them mechanisms that clubs can use to deal with racism in their sports Mm. and they are available for clubs to start implementing. I question why 
a guideline that was developed in 2021 is still yet to be taken out there in the breeze. Yeah, and like uh, after seeing, um, is it called the last quarter with Adam Goods? It's a documentary. The final quarter. Final quarter. You just he went through hell to do the sport that he loved. And I just would hate for that to happen to any players now and especially Latrell Mitchell who's obviously been on the receiving end of, of these sorts of comments. It was really heartening um, on Offsiders on Sunday. Christian Welch, the captain of the Melbourne Storm, was very vocal in how unacceptable this was and how it was beyond anything that we should be okay with. doesn't matter at how much of it it is or who is perpetrating this racism, it's just got to stop and mm. it has. the clubs have to be, the clubs and the players need to be the ones advocating or putting forward their stance on this issue. Hi, my name's Kate Brown and the thing I love about sport is just the community that comes together and that you can't judge anybody by the way they look or the, by the way they run because at the end of the day we're all out there doing the same thing and achieving our own goals. Ellie Cole, thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. We just wanted to say congratulations being appointed as team manager for the Commonwealth Games Youth. Yes, Commonwealth Games Youth. So a 14 to 18-year-old athlete all going away together on team, which should be quite a challenge. <laughs> but um, really excited about the role. And, yeah, I didn't, I didn't leave sport for very long. I think I had like a six-month break and I'm kind of back into the swing of things already. But not as an athlete this time, so I don't have to get my heart rate up too high, I don't think. Ellie, when Anna Mears was announced as the chef de mission for the Olympic Games, I asked Libby what that actually meant and she she couldn't describe it to me. I said you're the important person. (laughs) (laughs) So would you mind explaining to us what the team manager's role is? I understand where you're coming from because I think you that everybody everybody knows who a chef is. You know, you and I, Libby, have grown up as an athlete and when we say chef to mission, we always get confused what's going like, why are you looking at us like that? Yeah, exactly. So it is not an actual chef. I will not be cooking. Um, <laughs> it is a team general manager, which I think the Commonwealth Youth Games team, you know, branded the role quite well with team general manager because chef to mission seems to confuse quite a few people. But yeah, it, it, it's a general manager with a, with a, I'm not even sure what the origin is of chef to mission. I'm going to guess French, but uh, yeah, it's just a team GM really. So it's the same role that you're doing for this youth team? Yes, exactly the same role, different title, just to make everything very confusing. But yeah, I'll be leading the team to Trinidad and Tobago in August. Um, it's, it's a smaller team being a youth, a youth team. Uh, there's only uh, five sports that we're taking away. So very, very exciting. And I'm learning a lot already quite quickly. And I've got a I, well, the role was announced today and I've had quite a number of phone calls today from, um, you know, heads of the NSOs and other people who have been chef demissions um, in the past or wanting to give a helping hand and offer some advice. So it's, it's a really nice community being an athlete. And yeah, now I've got uh, executives of a lot of sporting organisations calling me and this time I'm not in trouble. They're actually trying to help. <laughs> Woohoo! What a, what a change. <laughs> um, Ellie, I'm so, uh, like, I'm so proud of you. This is something I know we spoke about on my other podcast, All That Glitters, your dream is to be the chef de mission of, of a, a Paralympic Olympic team. You're doing it already, obviously, at the youth level. Like, 
How have you done this so so fast? You're amazing. Well, well, it kind of started on your podcast, I suppose. Well, you've just got to put it out there in the world, what you want. And um, if enough people hear and the right people hear, then they tend to help. And I've been speaking to the Commonwealth Games Association basically while I was in Birmingham last year as an athlete saying that I really wanted to lead a team. So I suppose when the role was being discussed within, within, the, within the boardrooms of Commonwealth Games Australia – yeah, my name got thrown into the ring and I got a phone call a couple of months ago asking if I'd be interested. And it's really scary jumping into the deep end. And I'm sure everybody out there knows, like, the, the first thing you want to do is say, like, I, I can't do this, I can't do this. Mm. But um, if anything, over the last few months, um, as I've been speaking to people, there's just so much support in the role. And it's been incredible, if anything, to connect really closely with the people that are supporting me. So I've, I've loved the role already and it's only been announced today but it's been in the works for a while. It's it's so wonderful to see so many incredibly strong former athletes in the role because we have had Patria Thomas named as the Commonwealth Games general manager, obviously Anna Mears and now yourself. I just what is it about strong female athletes who move into these roles of, you know, team organization, administration? What what do you guys bring? Well I think Firstly, why we why we move into those roles is because sport gives us so much as an athlete. Like it can absolutely break your heart. But um, my fondest memories of being an athlete is being away in a multi-sport team in an athlete's village that's been led by a really strong chef mission. So the Paralympic team, Kate McLaughlin, has been such a big inspiration. Mm. Um, but as you said, there's a lot of athletes that are now transitioning into that role because I suppose they want to give the athletes on the team the same fond memories that they had. And I know being in the um, Birmingham team under uh, Chef Demission of Patria Thomas, there was nothing more special than walking into her office on the very last swimming day of my career. And she understood exactly what I was feeling. And we had this like really special moment in the, and just in her office because she remembers what it's like to be an athlete and retiring and mm. how hard that can be to walk away from. So I think to put an athlete in this role that really understands exactly what every single athlete on that team is going through, like we're all, all of the athletes are at different points in their career, but it can create some pretty special moments. Like I'll never forget that moment with Patria and, um, you know, following her footsteps is really cool too. So I'm really hoping that I can work under her for the Victoria Games as well because she's going to be chef there. So. Ellie, what is going to be your first order of business with, with all that experience you've had under other chef demissions and team managers? What's going to be the first thing you bring to this youth team? Well, well, the first thing that I actually have to do is to create the um, the team around me of staff, which is going to be wow. interesting. That's a whole um, thing. I know it is a whole thing. So I'm going to be doing that over the next couple of weeks, which is really exciting. But in terms of like what I want to bring to the team, um, I mentioned before that I was really inspired by Kate McLaughlin as our chef de mission because she made all of the athletes really seen as people and not just athletes. Like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be doing this, but Kate McLaughlin hand wrote a letter to every single athlete on the team wow. for both Rio and Tokyo. And I've kept both of those letters. Although by Tokyo, she was pretty tired because the games had been postponed. So she kind of wrote it on like a post-it note. And I was like, what the hell is this? Where's my A4 size letter? <laughs> Come on, Kate. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I just, I really want to get to know all of the athletes as people as well. Like not just who they are as athletes. Libby, I think you understand exactly what I mean when I say that it's very easy to fall into the hamster wheel of just seeing yourself as an athlete. But yeah. I want to know that there's so much more. So I, I've seen how powerful and connected a team can be with a chef that does that. And so that's going to be what I'm going to attempt to do. And we'll just see how I go. <laughs> I couldn't imagine a better, safer pair of hands than yours, Ellie, to, to lead this youth team to the Commonwealth Games later this year. I am so excited to watch this next part of your journey unfold. Well done. Thank you so much. Thanks, girls. G'day, I'm Josh. Uh, I'm from Ashmore. I'm 29 and I like sports because I'm competitive and I love to win. Sports shots. <laughs> that was actually really good. I really like that. <laughs> Can I do an, a make-believe TV show? What do you mean a make-believe TV show? Well, Ted Lasso. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I thought absolutely. she was going to say, I'm going to make something up. This is like off the spot. I'm, I've come up with this idea, guys. No, <laughs> no. Uh, Ted Lasso, season three, is coming out tomorrow. Oh, is it tomorrow? I thought it was this weekend. No, tomorrow. 15th of March and it's out there. Oh, I do love it when you sing. Yeah, well, I just needed to get it in at I think some it's point. Re- no, it's really important. It's actually quite relevant to what I was going to talk about because it's on Apple Plus. It is. Or Apple TV, whatever you call it. And the thing I wanted to talk about is also on Apple TV. Ooh, what's that? I'm watching Make or Break. Ooh. I am so deep in sports documentaries at the moment. I have like Drives to Survive, I've got the golf one still going on and now I've got Make or Break, which is made by the same people who have made the golf and Drive to Survive oh. and, all this, and it's about surfing. Cool. And it, the first episode was about Tyler Wright, who's one of Australia's best female surfers, mm. who actually got really sick a couple of years ago and had to pull out of the sport entirely to recover. Isn't she like world champion now? Uh, no, Steph Gilmore won last oh. year, but she was prior to that. Yes. She had won two yes. world titles and then had to. get. She got sick. She got so, so sick. So it's all about her and her comeback in the 2020, 2021 tour because I've only just started it. There's two seasons of this show. It is awesome if you, you don't need to know anything about surfing you don't even have to like surfing mm. it's really interesting they're talking to the greats like kelly slater but they're also talking to the commentators the people who are judging the sport like how they judge such an artistic freeform sport and i have no idea how they judge that <laughs> yeah it's complicated so they talk all about that like in a drive to survive where they're explaining things to mm. you along the way is there a gunter Oh, look, I haven't found him yet, <laughs> but I have an expectation. There should be a Gunter we'll in every episode. find a character like every that. season of whatever sports documentary that needs to be an equivalent. They're, they're just, um, I don't know, I think, I think I might have hit saturation point with Ben. I think he's done oh. because we've watched so many now. And I'm oh, like, no, I force it down <laughs> Luke's throat. It's everything to me. But this one, I was like, it's surfing. You love surfing. This is your jam. And, yeah, he went on and watched a couple more episodes, but – Fantastic watching. It really debunks the myth that surfing is all like hippy-dippy, you know, free yeah. form. There is there is that aspect of surfing, but then there's also a deeply competitive aspect to surfing. I'm in after Ted Lasso. After Ted Lasso. Obviously. So if you get if you're on Apple TV, you can watch both. In 12 weeks, I will watch that. 
after Ted Lasso. Does it drop single? One a week. Oh, how beautiful. <laughs> I know. Old school TV. So good. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Sports Social. We so enjoy bringing you these episodes and if you have a friend who you think would enjoy these sports chats please share it with them and let them know about us and we absolutely love receiving your feedback and your reviews it totally lights us up if you are enjoying this kind of sports content head over to our instagram page at the sports social podcast otherwise we will chat to you next week bye bye